0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Eurovision Rewind podcast. This is the show where we take a retrospective look at the Eurovision Song Contest of the past and the years in which it took place. I am a long-haired Finnish fiddler, Jonathan.
1: I am an incredibly wide caller, Ellis. <laughs> I am a
2: presumptive, undeserving UK second place
3: Millen.
0: <laughs> oh, we're calling it right now. We're calling it right now
1: getting it right off
0: the bat. I'm 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 into it. Uh before we get into um the UK or anything 1975, what have you guys been listening to this week?
1: So, um I am going to get into 1975 because I once again have gone for a song that was released in the year that we are covering this week. I have gone for Love to Love You Baby by Donna Summer. <laughs> Yes, it is incredible. It is a sixteen and change minute funk epic. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's great. Donna Summer is great. Donna Summer is <clears> so <throat> good, and this song is cool. You should go check it out. There, there, there's my song of the week. Love to love you, baby.
0: Yeah, so on a similar note, sort of, I also I was listening to like a Spotify '70s playlist to get me into the in the mood like a few minutes ago, and Godzilla by the Blue Oyster Cult came on, and fully I've mm-hmm. not heard that song in probably ten years, and it still slaps. So check that out if you have the time.
2: Song that I most recently added to my uh, stupidly long playlist mm-hmm. is the Tryst After Death by the Ollum, with four L's. I, and, and like four other artists i don't know long list Ooh. of names
0: i love um, the title of that
2: yeah and it's uh it's like a funky little um let's call it a flute forward song maybe <laughs> oh. maybe like a pan flute i don't know what instrument it is exactly very fun
1: it sounds very fun um oh wow i'm listening to that now i don't know what that is
0: <laughs> it's really cool <laughs> Very interesting. Oh, also, I have a second one that's not real, but um, yeah, go for it. It's legitimate. Um, the theme song to Barefoot Contessa. That show is so good. <laughs> I just, I feel like that is like what I want for when I'm like her life is what I want for my life when I'm old, just <laughs> like cooking food and like and living in a nice house and
2: like that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's like a an unreasonable yet also reasonable goal. Yeah. I that's
0: think. how low my standards are i'm just like, I, no, just to, like <laughs> I don't want to be homeless and i want to eat
2: <laughs> that is it
3: <laughs> Man, that is
2: it. really messed us up it, it
0: sure did and um but that's my truth and i'm living it
1: <laughs> i've just done some some quick research it appears that it's an Uillian pipe or uh, yeah i think Uillian pipe which is the characteristic national bagpipe of Ireland Ooh.
2: so then we got some like cool funky uh bagpipe stuff
1: yeah hmm neat
2: yeah and be sure to check
0: out all of those on the vocab gumbo uh Spotify
2: I have not right. been updating that but I will oh.
1: yeah I'll, <laughs> I'll drop a link to that uh on the Eurovision rewind page on our website vocabgumbo.com lovely and
0: to name drop one more thing, you can check us out on Patreon also, oh. where um, costs will now go to our production costs, and we are we already have some Patreon-exclusive content in the works, so get ready for it. Are yeah. you guys ready to talk about um, 1975 as a whole? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Alrighty, so, I thought I knew a lot about 1975, but I guess I didn't. It's just that there isn't much to know, or that... A lot about this year is mainly defined by what happened before and after it. We were globally in between the decline of hippie rock and the rise of disco, between the Watergate scandal and the resurgence of conservative American politics in the eighties, between the start of the European economic community in the fifties and their reimagining as the European Union in the nineties. One of the only big things that was definite this year was the end of the Vietnam War when the North Vietnamese army drove tanks through the gate of Saigon's, oh my God, I cannot talk, presidential palace, that as it may politics were business as usual helsinki accords were signed portugal granted angola its independence an entirely new turkish government was established the turkish federated state of north cyprus tried for the first time to gain international recognition to no avail and the last executions to date occurred in spain just months before franco stepped down as dictator due to health concerns the last documented case of smallpox was diagnosed and treated in this relatively recent year all while microsoft is being founded in albuquerque Mina Cooper leading a march of 5,000 New Zealand Mayoris to reclaim their land, and Faulty Tower was making its television debut on BBC2.
3: Yeah. With a thrill on
0: Manila, the first episode of Saturday Night Live, two assassination attempts on President Ford, Jaws' first release, and the end of the Cambodian Civil War, perhaps this year was more eventful than I had let on previously. Popular music was undeniably in flux, however, and this was made abundantly clear at the 20th Eurovision Song Contest that was held in Stockholm on March 22nd, Let's get ready to look back at the year that was 1975. Good year for TV. That is a good year for TV. But um, in terms of the charts, I couldn't find an actual chart. I mean, I couldn't find, I could find a European chart. I could find the UK chart, and that was pretty much it. Um, so instead of doing a chart, I just looked up songs that were popular in 1975. So mm. I have a list of All those right. if you're interested. I am interested. So I'm we thinking. have Magic by Pilot. Lady Marmalade by LaBelle.
3: Huh. Rhinestone...
0: So far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rhinestone Cowboy by Glen Campbell. Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John. Fame by David Bowie. and God I'm a Country Boy, John Denver. Ballroom Blitz by Sweet. Jive Talking by The Bee Gees. If by Telly Savalas. Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Killer Queen. Uh, Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas. That's the <laughs> Way of the World by Earth, Wind & Fire. No-No Song by Ringo Starr. You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet by Bachman Turner Overdrive. Only women bleed by Alice Cooper. That's the way by Casey and the Sunshine Band. The hustle by Van McCoy. Love to love you baby, uh, like Alice has previously mentioned. Uh, and Rihanna by Fleetwood Mac.
2: I absolutely my favorite song on that list by far. The hustle by Van McCoy.
0: <laughs> that is a
2: that is a tune. Oh, good. I that is the song that would play most frequently when I had um, the ox while glass blowing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I like not, to visualize not experience.
2: That. it's not really something that most people can relate to but man <laughs> it fit well
1: oh you know that classic growing up experience of listening to the hustle while blowing yourself a vase <laughs> exactly that <laughs> yes i know there's a scene of that in every coming of age movie yeah it should be
0: um i also love um fame by david bowie that's a that's that's, oh, a, that's a
1: tune also it's good it's good
0: but I was kind of surprised when I was looking at these because um I thought there'd be more disco, but it turns out I just didn't really have a good timeline on when disco was popular because as I discovered it wasn't it didn't hit like peak mainstream uh success until like the later 70s.
1: Yeah, I think 77 is right about the point for that. And then Yeah, that's
0: that feels late. Wow.
1: Yeah. It did feel
0: late, but that that's what I found. Um
1: it had a really short mainstream lifespan cuz that had like it it once you hit late 79 it pretty much just dies. And then yeah. the only uh the the last the last number one disco single was um uh funky town. Yeah. That was in that was
2: 1980, I think. Yeah. I single-handedly will keep disco alive. No one else I has mean, to help me in this. I'll, okay. This is my burden. <laughs> I'm glad. Nice. is amazing. So I did out. some research
0: on disco, mm. um, and the American disco chart debuted uh, on November 2nd, 1974, and the first number one was Never Can Say Goodbye by Gloria Gaynor. Mm. And in general, disco started as kind of like an underground uh genre and dance clubs in the late 60s um and like we were saying it didn't really get super mainstream popular until uh the later 70s even though there were songs like the hustle that was released in 75 also rock the Boat by Hughes Corporation was the year before this 1974 and yeah like even like thinking about Abba like Abba was Abba had their first hit with Waterloo the year before this but Waterloo isn't really a disco song which no. is weird because I always I always like super associate Abba with disco but a lot of their songs actually aren't yeah they tend to skew Yeah, I guess it's just that like "Dancing Queen" is probably the most iconic disco song of all time.
2: I don't know, man. The B- oh. Bee Gees exist.
0: Oh, well, like, "Staying Alive," yeah. Uh, yeah, but they're also <laughs> definitely not the best disco song. But I think it's like probably the one that has had the most staying power. Probably, yeah.
1: If if you are a person that still claims disco sucks, then you need to check your privilege and educate yourself and stop parroting parroting that racist viewpoint (laughs) yeah that is so true though because like if you think about all
0: the dance music that is associated with like yeah just like not to like bring dubstep into this but i feel like dubstep (laughs) is like something sort of comparable where it's can get uh, annoying easily and it was a trend that kind of came and went and it's kind of looked back on with resentment but also at the same time like dubstep was very very white and i think that people tend to tolerate it more. So yeah,
1: that's definitely something to consider. There also, Disco is... No, no dubstep demolition night. That is true. Yeah. yeah.
2: A disco yeah. definitely had a more significant impact on wider culture. Yeah, oh no, I was just God, about to say,
1: yeah. Disco like,
0: inc- like influenced a lot of things.
1: I mean, as... Like, All of the house music. Yeah, <laughs> house music. Yeah, house music started as some poor gay black dudes in Chicago were like, let's make disco. Oh, we don't have the funds to make disco. Let's make this disco with reel-to-reel tapes and drum machines and samples and play it at the warehouse, and bam, there's house music. R.I.P. Yeah, Frankie pretty much, Knuckles.
0: Pretty much every type of dance music, except, like, obviously like whatever dance music or was or before game. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> came, came came from disco, pretty much.
1: yes yes and no i any any four on the floor dance music can pretty much be directly descended from disco in some way once you start like talking about breakbeat stuff then it gets fuzzier but even still a lot of that is uh is descended from disco via house and acid house so yes
0: yeah and just in general i feel like disco music was kind of the first like kind of like synthesizer like like art, um, like electronic kind of music that I feel like was in the charts.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, because like I mean, you had stuff like Kraftwerk.
0: Yeah, they weren't charting, that,
1: but they weren't charting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So like j- that. This is this is where my song recommendations Kraftwerk isn't really dance music. In. Well, yeah, that's true, but they are. Yeah. Like Kraftwerk and the and the other like there's a lot of oh, German l- stuff that was super synthesizer heavy. And like, also the, yeah. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Go ahead. No, you're, you're good. I was just gonna say my uh my song suggestion from last week or from last unit of shows, which was "Giorgio" by Maroder. That that Giorgio marauder who that that song is half an interview with, is really a pioneer in that sense because he was Donna Summer's producer for oh why am i uh for i feel love which is like oh whoa oh my god i feel love is a a, a, an absolute milestone Mm. so because it it fully synthesized except for donna's voice and Mm. that was like that 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 was that was a moment yeah and um that was i was thinking about that song
0: too because i was thinking about how broad the genre of disco is because songs like dancing queen by abba is Disco, but so is I Feel Love, which are, they're, so, they're such different songs, and I feel like, retrospectively, they seem kind of, like, too dif- different to be considered the
1: same genre, almost. Yeah, genres are big. I love genres. Definitely. Genre, genre, genre classification is my favorite hobby. <laughs> <laughs> genre oh, also,
2: classification, but it's narrated by Alex Trebek, uh, who cannot pronounce
3: genre. <laughs>
0: genre. Oh, I hate that, yeah. <laughs> also, the silver apples are... um. Were one of the first people to like use electronic sounds i think they were a band from um new york that i think used like military like sonar and stuff Whoa, like make electronic noises
1: awesome. <laughs> wait i know these guys yeah i've listened to this it's not very enjoyable to listen to i r- recall but um
0: they were like doing this in the 60s which was way before a lot of people kind of started to hop on electronic music so unless there's any more discourse about disco Shall we move on to the contest itself?
1: I think we shall. And we're we we can we can talk about disco more once we hit later seventies years as well.
0: Yeah. That's... I think we can talk about disco a little bit more with some of these songs. Really? Yeah, some of them. Some of them. Not some of them many. have some, some some aspects, maybe two or three, but okay Yeah. But yeah, so um like we said, this was a contest held in Stockholm right
1: after abba won.
0: And up top, the intro was
1: Oh man. Um confusing. It was very I,
0: bizarre.
1: <laughs> I was skipping through it to get to the get to the music and I was still floored by the chunks that I saw mm-hmm. <laughs> cuz it's this absurd low budget high camp whip around of Swedish history I guess <laughs> of the same dude in various historic various low quality historical costumes and situations being Swedish throughout history it's really funny wow
2: I only vaguely remember that <laughs> like I watched the I watched it the exact same day you did Ellis but I barely recall that at all
0: that's funny and then I'm um, the-
1: from my mind <laughs>
0: Honestly, you probably like blocked it out.
1: <laughs> it was definitely um, less good than uh than our lovely butterfly from 2013.
0: But... Oh, I I love that butterfly. <laughs> the but one of the few good things about the 2013 <laughs> contest, honestly. Uh, um, but also um, then the host comes out on stage, and I couldn't tell if she was really bad at reading from a teleprompter or if she was going off the cuff. Probably not going off the cuff. That would be crazy, but she kind of stumbled over her words but not in a I thought it was kind of endearing
2: she spoke in like three languages right that was yeah crazy. she did oh, yeah. yeah I was like you know what it's fine <laughs> yeah I, I couldn't do that all power to her she's clearly more skilled than I am even if she's, she's a professional a little bit uncomfortable
0: oh but also um, up top we have some controversy corner to get through oh <laughs> controversy corner we have three actually so um first one is it like a terrorist threat oh my god so before the contest happened it was theorized that it might have been a site for a terrorist attack led by the red army faction which was a far left militant group from west germany uh did not end up happening
2: okay what, like what caused them to suspect that were like were they saying they that... were gonna attack this place
0: no i think that I don't remember. I think it was because they knew that they were planning uh, an attack in Sweden and they were like, Oh, it must be Eurovision because that's pretty big. I don't remember though. I guess I could check on Wikipedia.
2: That's okay. Perhaps the show.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's probably an after the show type of thing. Um, but the second controversy corner, uh, there were a lot of protests in the lead up to the contest by the Swedish people because they, um, objected to the cost of the show and they thought that spending so much Swedish money was a waste um, on this contest, and also they kind of objected to the Eurovision and, in general, the commercialization of music.
2: That's a very, like, I uh, I don't want to say metaphysical isn't the right word for it at all, mm-hmm. but that's a very enlightened stance, I guess, for yeah, a it, general populace to have.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that like that's what, they were at the point in their society where that was a problem that they needed to protest you know what i mean yeah ooh, i like that yeah it's interesting um can't we be when, <laughs> just makes Yeah no, me why think. can't we be honestly <laughs> why can't we be where sweden is now honestly but anyway
1: um just makes the, me think though if you want if you didn't want to spend that much money on the contest maybe you shouldn't su- shouldn't have submitted the single best abba song to the contest oh i do
0: not think it's the best abba song <laughs> Uh, that's a that's a conversation for another day though. Yeah. But what what ended up happening though was that they ended up withdrawing in nineteen seventy-six because of the high costs and the general sentiment in the country.
2: Wait, wait, Sweden
0: Sweden withdrew I in nineteen
2: seventy-six. So they were they didn't want to risk winning again? Because can't you go I mean, and attend and like not have those high costs? I think you have to pay
0: you only really have to pay to like Fly your act out, and then you have to pay to. I don't really know. It just says in autumn of 1975, the broadcaster informed um, that Sweden would not participate in the 76 edition of the Eurovision Song Contest due to the high cost that came with hosting the show. The rules later changed so that the costs were split more equally between the participating broadcasters. In the end, they did not broadcast the contest. Damn, that's
2: funky. I mean, that it is I funky. Got,
1: yeah,
2: we've got terrorist threats. We've got. Um, somewhat anti-capitalist or maybe just like conservative spending protests. And then you said there was a third controversy, right? Am I jumping in? There
0: was.
1: Too much? Or we
0: no, no, it? no. I was just about to get to it. Um, so uh, Chile was originally uh, planning to broadcast this. However, okay, the European...
1: broadcast, not join.
0: Yeah, broadcast <laughs> it, not <laughs> <Okay>. participate. <laughs> but um, the EVU refused to let them broadcast it because of their oppressive military dictatorship which i think is a little bit strange because um like i said franco spain (laughs) and they were participating but i I don't know i guess we can't compare them (laughs) necessarily but yeah i think that was all the controversies for now are we ready to get into songs
2: i think so that's more controversies than most other years and we haven't even started so i'm very happy with this already
0: well, it's three out of four, so don't get your hopes up too much. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> There's um, we got some fun fact fjord uh, coming in the pipelines though. So nice. Alrighty, so yeah, with that, we're moving on to song number one, which is "Ding a Dong" by Teach In from the Netherlands.
1: What did y'all think? Um, I liked this one I thought it was the um, the refrain of ding dang dong was kind of cracking me up a little bit <laughs> it, It's the, also the second show in a row that we've had a song with a a, a ding dong I know I'm repeated triggered Repeated thing which was odd um, yeah
2: significantly better
1: though absolutely <laughs> yes 2013's entry. But yeah, I quite enjoyed this. I thought it was good. It gave me kind of, it was a good intro song. It was like the costumes on stage were cracking me up because <laughs> they were like, they were they were full wild jumpsuit costumes of the band members, which also band. They've got guitars and drums and a marimba for some reason, and also and a an piano ornament. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at the very end. That was
2: silly. i was yeah. silly. Yeah. This whole thing was silly in a really good way. In a like, yeah, I, it just perfectly yeah. encapsulates Eurovision silliness way.
1: It was just the right amount of cheese. It was. Yeah. I really enjoyed this one.
2: I really, I like this, this one. To... Oh, sorry. Go for it. Okay, it sounds um, like we're all in agreement though. So we made. Yeah, I think we are reading each other's comments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised to see that
0: this was the only kind of ABBA imitator because I would I kind of thought that there would be a lot more, but this was kind of the only one that I thought was similar to ABBA. But um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I liked the xylophone, yeah. but I don't I don't really know what it was. Um, I thought that the outfits were interesting, especially um, the lead singer had on the first of many um, like boho maxi dresses, which I don't think are inherently bad, but this one was terrible. It was like this weird nightgown with like flowers and super billowy, and it kind of reminded me of um in the Golden Girls when they would go to bed, they would be wearing like their nightgowns or pajamas or whatever, but they still have a full (laughs) face of makeup because that's how TV works. Yeah, so that was the vibe that I got, like kind of from a visual standpoint. But um, yeah, this song's a lot of fun. It was a great way to start the contest. I think that. We've kind of been going through a stretch of like weird songs to start the contest in the past few ones that we've done, and this was a really good way to start.
1: I feel. Yeah this it this was, uh this was the might be honestly the best opening song that we've seen. Because like, Iceland's
2: eighty eight entry of Socrates.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Socrates was fun. Um, but like it it does what it needs to because it. It's a fun song so it gets us excited for the rest of the show. It's not a show stopper so it doesn't stop the show before it starts. It's like, yes, this is good. This is exciting. I am enjoying this. I am ready to watch the rest of this contest. And it's also just like a fun decent song. So. Yeah.
2: Hey, yeah. I thought the song was easily the best opener. Mm-hmm. Full shame to Socrates there. This song <laughs> is not the of the park. perfect amount of uh, cheese, like we've mentioned, perfectly yeah. catchy. Oh, uh, okay. This isn't a comment on the song itself. This is a comment on the weird, like, intro things before. Oh, I like Oh, god. Where yeah. people would paint that? That felt weird. Like none of those to me felt nice. I, yeah. I did not. Oh, I loved them. I thought they the intent <laughs> was cute, but all of them scared me. Like these yeah. people can't. These <laughs> people have the art skills of. Uh, me in maybe fifth yeah. grade and yeah. that's not great to show Just, on live television to millions of people
1: for
3: context the,
1: like, in the slot where they would normally do a little postcard video of like oh we're gonna drive around the country they would have the band members come into a studio down a, set, down a spiral staircase and then with no music playing in the background they would paint themselves and their national flag and it was very mm-hmm. strange it was
2: strange. That
1: it
0: was also kinda... like super lo-fi too, because the camera quality wasn't that great, and it was—it looked yeah. like it was in a basement. Yeah, oh, yeah,
2: yeah. Lighting was off. Everything. The weird, like <laughs> cheap plastic stands for their—oh eas- their yeah—is what they call. Um, felt very—I don't know—not even of the era. It just felt weird. But so <laughs> that, that kind of threw me off at first. But then this song totally saved it. Um, I do think it lacked a little bit of punch I guess like I think if they had a horn section that was kind of more something else entirely that probably would have made it the showstopper but as is great tune very fun English was good Um, there are other songs here later that are not in their native language and it's less good so Mm. shout out to the Netherlands teach in ding a dong
0: yeah I would definitely agree that this song sort of lacks a je ne sais quoi yeah yeah Alright, how do you think this one might have placed overall?
1: I think this one's going to do fairly well because I think it was it was it was good, it was fun, it was enjoyable. And there was a lot of good fun enjoyable this year, but I think this one was more good, more fun and more enjoyable and might also get a going first bump from just like people are going to remember it more cuz it went first. So that's my take.
2: I think it's going to do very well. Um, it's probably in my personal top five. Um, I think maybe in like the fifth slot, but I, Mm. yeah, so I, I can imagine it translating well. This is, this was the first, uh, jury vote, Jonathan, right? Do you want to talk about the voting system at all?
0: Yeah, this was the first time that, uh, the voting was given in the one to 12 format. It was still like fuck. Thank God, because I was not prepared to have five last place tied with zero again. But um, it was still all uh,
2: jury vote, though. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I, I mean, if there were a televote, this would crush it. As is, mm. it's a good song. I think it's going to do well. I looked it up earlier, and the jury vote this year had to have some, uh, some, like... I think half of the jury members had to be under the age of 26.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a good
2: rule. So that it wasn't all, you know, stuffy old men that are like, oh, this guitar music with its guitars,
1: it's not a ballad. Yeah, get on that <laughs> shit, Grammys. <laughs> <Yeah. Cool>. Called <laughs> out. I, yeah. They deserve <laughs> to be called out. <laughs> Grammys suck. Urban Contemporary. <laughs> they stopped. They got rid of that they got rid of that i know they changed yeah. it to what did they change it future r&b or something stupid like that
2: that's almost worse that's, i don't
1: know That's less offensive but equally stupid yeah yeah <laughs> they changed it to progressive r&b oh yeah okay i'm fine with that
0: <laughs> oh let's talk about ireland what? Yeah. So, um, song number two was Ireland, and it was "That's What Friends Are For" by the Swarbriggs.
3: When you need someone to talk to, when you need a talking to, and when troubles fall and plenty come piling at your door, that's what friends are for.
2: I would I would like to start this one. Do you? oh go for it. I despised it. I hated oh. it. I absolutely <laughs> hated this song. I hated every second. The first note started playing. I knew it was wrong. This guy's okay. <laughs> this is one of those songs where it's so bad that you have to talk about the uh, outfits first, and I shall do exactly that.
1: The absolute I, width of these lads' collars. These these collars oh. were. Almost as
2: wide as their shoulders, and it oh. flared out like completely flat. On- they were as wide. <laughs> across their clavicle. It was, man. Ah. <laughs> and those collars are on top of these um, baby blue jackets, the lapels of which are bejeweled, as well as the pocket flaps, but like nothing <laughs> else. And it's it's this like, it's a vibrant blue. It's disgusting. The jacket itself flares out at the bottom, kind of like bell-bottom pants, which would be cool and all, but then they also have bell-bottom pants. <laughs>
1: so it makes in the same look,
2: blue! In the same exact blue. It makes them look like a disgusting Christmas tree. I... Oh.
1: <laughs> the song... They're the, uh, the aluminum Christmas trees from the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Oh,
0: very bad. Yeah.
2: The, the song itself... So bland. I did not like their voices. I did not like the orchestration. It felt like, I guess the best analogy is like a water. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it just, oh, like okay, there it is. Uh, I don't, I don't like this song. I did not like any part of it. Um, I think it'll rate Kylie, though because they're Ireland.
0: <laughs> Can I tell you something sad? Yeah, the Briggs come back to Eurovision later, and their song is even worse oh man
2: (laughs) well if it's worse in a like actively disgusting way maybe that's no okay then it's pretty much the
0: same thing except i don't have anything i don't have any nice things to say about that song but i have one nice thing to say about this yeah or two really i like the timpani i thought that was fun because they go like if i even caught ladies and gentlemen and then there's like a boom oh okay yeah yeah I like that. Um, I also I think that um, the glittery lapels are fun.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they're fun. I don't think they're doing any service to the performance.
0: And also to quote your sister, you gotta fun. It's fun to have fun, but you gotta know how to have fun.
2: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. it's fun to have fun, but you have to know how.
1: I think the <laughs> glittery lapels are less offensive than the glittery pocket covers. Yes. <laughs> Because the glittery pocket flaps are just, oh, that is a choice and a half.
2: You can't ever yeah. put anything in there that extends beyond the pocket <laughs> itself.
1: I mean, like, to be fair, I doubt they're going to be wearing these jackets in everyday life. I, if they I are, probably, they should
0: be. I would live for them I walking in the streets of 70s Dublin <laughs> in <laughs> these fucking jackets. Oh.
2: Yeah. Access to one of those jackets, I would definitely wear it. Until that time comes, I will mock anyone who wears a jacket like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Um, it's Proto Jedward. Oh,
0: I wrote in my notes: these guys walked so Jedward could run. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, the the Irish twins. I don't think they're twins, but the Irish brothers overrepresented at Eurovision seems. Um, mm. Also, like this song it doesn't do the thing that we always criticize turkey for where it like leans super heavily into its musical stereotypes but it still feels mm. very irish to me in a way that for reasons that i cannot quite explain but it just like this song really feels irish hmm.
2: I Say this right now i have significant irish uh ancestry i I'm strongly connected to Ireland and as far as familial connections and like friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Um the reason that it sounds Irish is because it's shockingly bland. Oh
0: <laughs> 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 uh, do you think so, Milan, you think it's gonna do really well because I think Ireland it's
3: gonna
2: is- do I think it's <laughs> gonna do like top seven.
1: Oh uh, okay. Ellis? I mean, I think it's going to do better than it has any right to, just because it's not offensively bad, and it is, it does get the bonus from Ireland, it gets the bonus from uh, being a a song in English by a native English speaker that always tends to do, like, that always tends to give songs bumps, it seems. It's not going to win. It's not going to top five. It might, but I don't think it is, or should. (laughs) I, like i would i would put this a little bit above the middle and there's 19 shows in this so i would put this at like number nine ish
0: Alrighty. so after ireland was uh the third performance of the night which came from france and it was nicole with the song et bonjour à toi l'artiste which means hello to you the artist et bonjour à toi l'artiste de
3: n'importe où Les jours gay ou triste, toi qui change tout, tu nous offres la musique comme un cadeau Toi le magicien des temps nouveau
2: Et bonjour à toi le peintre Yeah Um,
0: um I too I like this one. Well, first of all, Elephant in the Room, ugly maxi dress. Oh. So also her eyes. Her eyes were very captivating and oh, kind of scary.
2: Intense. Really? I felt bored into.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were kind of hypnotic and also she has this um, proto 80s perm. Well, it's very, actually very 70s I think perm. <laughs> yeah, the perm is coming. Um, just a proto 80s. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean <laughs> you could say that. And you'd be right. Um, I think this is um, a really nice song, though. It's it's sort of haunting, but also very kind of innocent and simple. I said that it kind of reminds me of um, Killing Me Softly with a song by Roberta Black. Mm-hmm. Oh. Interesting. And also, this song and another song that's coming up later sort of reminds me of um, 70s Kate Bush.
2: <laughs> I like that. I like that
0: one. <laughs> yeah. So, um yeah, it's it's it
2: kind of gets stuck in your
0: head almost, but sort of in a haunting way because it's very slow and it's sort of sentimental. And I don't know. I thought this was really nice. It was kind of out of the box, and it's very it's very French, I think it is very French, yeah, yeah
1: i I didn't like this nearly as much as you did. Um, I think it's better on second listen than first, but like, it's another one where it feels like it's missing something and i think it's just missing strength or something like it feels like it feels like a very weak entry because like her voice is super breathy the backups are just like a little bit off it's essentially just piano and and vocals and it's just like this needs something punchier i think I didn't I didn't think this was very good. Because, like, also, it ramps up for the key change, and then the key change happens, and then it just doesn't step up. It stays super slight and super airy, and I, like, yeah. It, it needs something more.
2: I'm definitely with Ellis on the voice front. Like, <clears throat> I said she was kind of nasally, almost, um, in that, you know, I... I, I Depending on the song, I love a good nasally voice. I just don't think in this particular instance, her voice suited what was needed from the song. Um, the instrumentation, like Ellis was saying, very minimal um i I kind of put it akin to a lullaby of a sort, like a like mm. a parent singing to a child very that which I guess kind of has that similar intimate but perhaps haunting depending on the context vibe that jonathan was talking about the backup singers if we can just talk about them oh yeah it looks like they grabbed five people at random from like a junior prom like they had like <laughs> little you know cute suits and little cute dresses but like nothing it seemed very cheap like these are random people here get onto the stage maybe they won an award or something i don't know <laughs> Um, yeah,
1: also, th- I don't think I noticed they were that... very good either.
2: No. Yeah. Again, random people from a junior prom. I noticed
0: that the the one in, like, the blonde one looks a lot like Mary Hopkin, who was, like, a pop singer from, I think, England in the 60s. Huh. Who went good. to Eurovision. I, I, that was, like, one of the first things I noticed when they were, like, painting in the, the thing. I was like, oh, wow. That looks like her. But anyway, do we have any thoughts before we get into the scores?
1: No, but I do have some thoughts about the scores. Oh, go for it. I think that this is... We'll, we'll, we'll get to this later on, but I think this is going to suffer because there is another song that is a better version of it. Ooh. And this is going to suffer as a result of that because why would you vote for this when you could vote for better... Why Why would you vote for this when you could vote for better this?
0: Man,
2: I don't remember that.
0: There are two songs that I'm thinking of and I hope it's one of them and not the
1: other.
2: Yeah. I think this song is so, like, out of the park in, you know, perhaps, say, maybe you didn't hit the ball out of the park, maybe it's just out there in a way, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it really, it could go either way for me. I I don't think it's going to do super well. I, I don't think it's going to get in the top six, but anywhere below that, it's anyone's guess.
0: Cool. So we on to number four, which was Germany with the song Ein Lied kann ein Buches sein, which means "A song can be a bridge, by Joy Fleming.
1: joy i she's, love yes her. dude
2: her little she's deal. fabulous oh, i live for it yeah same this song was um it started off with the camera on the on the conductor and he is getting into it yes. oh, he is when he did <laughs> oh yeah yes oh yeah and that very obviously carried into the performance of the orchestra like they were kind of dancing along as they were playing and they brought more energy into it as well and that again carried into her singing and she's got this great voice and she's got uh, the the backing singers as well when they kind of come together for the chorus is just super she's like powerhouse there
1: Um, oh absolutely i wrote down powerhouse as well
2: yeah the energy in this one was just
1: pristine. Yes. This was great. She was great. The song was great. It's got bongos and saxophones. What's better than bongos and saxophones when you're having fun? It's like this this was probably my favorite one of the night. It started off well. It carried on well. She's a great singer. She hits a powerful note at the end I just caught it now on my like I've got it playing in the background and I just caught the at one point it cuts to the conductor who does a jump and then keeps conducting like out of Mm -hmm. energy to get the orchestra going this was great I love this
0: yeah I totally agree I mean there's just so much that's like right about this Um, in terms of her outfit I think that this is the best kind of maxi dress of the night because the top is kind of form-fitting, and it doesn't just look like she's wearing a sheet, which I appreciate. Good. I also like the puffy sleeves. But yeah, this one to bring it back to in like the '98 when I talked about soul and conviction, this has soul, and this has conviction. Oh my god, yeah, it's got both. She knows that she has every single one of those notes, and she knows she can sing, and she has such good stage presence, and she's like moving and grooving, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I got some slight disco vibes from this. I think it was like the bongos and the guitar kind of gave me yeah. that. But Yeah, this one was just so much fun and I feel like there's not much else to say. Oh, um I thought that during the like the painting her and the, her backing vocalist had like
1: fun banter.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. I yeah, sure. I wasn't really paying attention to that enough. But... No, this one okay. was great cuz she also she sounds like she sounds like an a uh, a uh, a uh, uh, high quality soul singer. She's yeah. She was great. This was good.
2: Wasn't hers? I forget if it was her or some other performance later. But besides uh, the very last entry, I think this was the only other um, black vocalist. As
1: uh, oh yeah, there was a a black backup singer.
2: Yeah. Um.
0: Probably. I'm trying to think of. Yeah, no. I think that. Yeah, I think that was.
2: I remember. Th- I remember that in particular because when she was painting the, she was doing that little painting scene. It seemed like they were all having fun together, like you said. Like the banter was there, but that chemistry kind of carried onto the, onto the uh, canvas, if you will. Uh,
1: more oh, yeah. of a sheet of canvas of the
2: painting or the paper. song. Uh, the oh the yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, of course, the song as well. I I just think so many things worked here that i don't i mean we're all rating it quite highly but i have a feeling it's going to be another lou memorial uh Mm. song oh really ellis
1: and the rest of us overrate i mean i hope not this was my personal winner of the night this was great do you think it'll how well do you think it will do though i mean i hope it'll win honestly like i think this should win because it's it's the best song of the night it's the best singer of the night like i it's it's just so good And it stands out in a way that a lot of other songs don't this year. Because this year, there's, I wouldn't say there are any truly awful songs this year, but there's a lot of ones that are just kind of like, this doesn't suck. This is perfectly good. And this, but this German song was more than that. So...
2: I think because it stands out, it's... I don't know. It's like, it stands out in a way that is good for any other moment in time except eurovision like Hmm. it's not it's not quite quote-unquote eurovision enough especially compared to the netherlands and some other songs later so i have a feeling Hmm. that this will be in the bottom half but certainly this is one of my top three all right
0: so i think that means we're ready to move on to song number five which was luxembourg's which was the song "Toi," which means you by geraldine Pourquoi Um, and before we talk about the song we're going to go for the first time to the fact fjord didn't we go to not the fun
2: fact-fjord? oh no never mind it is
0: not fun <laughs> it is just a fact
2: welcome
3: to the fact
2: fjord uh oh Ellis, you're going to have to like bleep out fun in the soundbite
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um <laughs> so Geraldine uh, is in fact Irish. that's fun that's that's a fun fact. Geraldine is Irish. The not fun fact is that um, she is the wife of the song songwriter, uh, who's Phil Coulter, uh, and he had previously written a winning Eurovision song. So I can only imagine what ended up happening was um, Phil Coulter, like approached, or like or like Luxembourg approached Phil Coulter and was like, "Oh, can you write a song for us?" And he said, "Yes, but only if my wife can sing it." And um yeah this kind of reeks of nepotism to me <laughs> <laughs> because this is trash. Oh, so bad. So, I mean first <sighs> things first, um she, she can't speak French and she doesn't know how to pretend to speak French because her accent is terrible, which uh, not a huge thing, that's fine whatever. The lyrics are fucking nasty, trite, boring, meaningless like love song shit. And her voice is so weak. Like I don't know She's not confident in any of her notes. Her voice is really breathy, but not... I think that, I don't know, I think that in France's song the breathiness kind of works. But for this, this is like, I don't know, a ballad that I feel like should have a powerful vocal and it just doesn't. I think she's very beautiful. She looks a lot like Twiggy, I thought.
1: Yeah, she does look like Twiggy.
0: I thought her dress was cool. I liked the, how the sleeves were very billowy and it was very angelic. Um, But, um, yeah, this song is awful.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I thought, I didn't I don't speak any French, so I didn't catch any of the lyrical shenanigans happening. <laughs> but it was really boring. She had too much um, mascara on her lower eyelashes. <laughs> <laughs> it looked almost like Clockwork Orange-esque, you know? Um, <laughs> she looked sad on the stage. Like, she did not mm. have a great time. She was no Joy Fleming and company um oh yeah uh this sucked let's
0: <laughs> yeah let's call it spade a spade um <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: see now i have egg on my face because this is the one that i said was a better france <laughs> this was the one that i was hoping you would not say <laughs> oh no this is the one that i said was a better france because i think it i i, I just thought it was a better version of a very similar song you're like that's, that's fine the verses this is this is the first one also in a trend that we're going to see this year where the verses are snoozy and then the chorus is really good and then it goes back to a snoozy verse mm-hmm. like i wish the rest of the song was a bit more like the chorus but i like i thought this was it's it's not in the top tier i think but i'm also by no means opposed to the existence of this song i think it's it, it, it is a better bit of, it is a better version of france like i yeah
2: i my personal take Uh, on it is that france's was weird and off-putting and this one was just like boring and so i don't i wouldn't know it depends on what you think of as being
1: better okay
0: yeah and I, i think that objectively i think that the best french language song this year was monaco's there's this right
1: now yeah we'll 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 get there
0: we'll get to it when we get to it though um but yeah interesting um I think there are gonna be a few songs later that y'all are gonna hate and I'm gonna like so <laughs> we're also starting on that trend um but how do you think that this one oh does everyone yeah no everyone kind of gave their thoughts unless there are any more how do you think this one might do in the results
1: I think this is gonna be on the in like the middle of the top half so like four through seven. Probably not four, but like five, six, seven range. I am completely with Ellis on this one.
3: All Definitely so, not going
0: to
2: win, uh, I hope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, dokie. So after this, we have song number six, which was Touch My Life with. That's a weird title. Touch My Life with Spring. <laughs> Summer? Summer.
3: <laughs>
0: Touch My Life with Summer uh, by Ellen Nikolaisen from Norway. before we get to the song, we're going back to to Fun Fact Fjord. Hello.
3: Welcome to the Fun Fact Fjord.
0: Ellen had participated in Eurovision representing Norway once as a group, once as a backing vocalist, then as a soloist in 73, 74, and 75. Which means
3: that...
0: Yeah, so... She, along with Liz Assia from Switzerland, Corey Brocken from the Netherlands, Udo Jurgens from Austria, and Valentina Moneta from San Marino, are the only performers to have ever performed three years in a row at Eurovision. Damn. Yeah, I wonder, her. how did you feel about this?
1: The, the dress is dress. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know if this is a song that warrants putting the clothing first. I, I didn't think it was bad or, or even that boring. Her dress was so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For those who are not watching it, which is probably everyone, um, it had these diamond shapes straight down the middle that grew as they went down, like they became larger and larger. Very cool. Loved it. As far as the song goes, she had a she had a good voice. Better Mm than probably all of the groups that we've heard so far, except Germany. She, it was like a little bit of yeah. a pop ballad as well. She she stood in one place exactly the entire time, never moved. The performance was not visually interesting at all, but a good, good song. Definitely the best ba- like quasi-ballad of the night so far. Yeah,
0: I thought this one was pretty good too. I, this is the other one that kind of reminded me of Kate Bush a little bit, but kind of like Kate Bush crossed with a movie musical song yeah i thought that there were good dramatic moments she made good connection with the camera and that the song itself was pretty pretty dynamic so i thought this was overall pretty good
1: yeah i thought this this was also it was very 70s and it was Mm. very norway like how so i don't know it's like this one similarly to the ireland one it just like this gave me strong norway vibes and i think it's just because Norway tends to send this sort of song to Eurovision from what I've seen where it's kind of like pop ballad, super blonde singer, perfectly adequate. (laughs) But yeah, this, it felt felt 70s felt Norway. Another one with a better with better chorus than verse.
0: Oh yeah, that is true. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. All right. I mean, is there anything else? Or are we ready to talk about the scores?
2: Talk about scores. Alrighty, where do you think it'll be?
1: Um, I thought this was good. And that's most of it. So I think it's going to do well. <laughs> not too well, but well.
2: Oh, this one was good. It's significantly no, maybe not significantly, but it's certainly a step up from most of the other songs of the night so far. So mm. I I also think it will do well. Maybe in that lovely like middle of the top half range.
0: Sounds good. So next we are moving on to song number 7 which is Mikado which means pick up sticks from Switzerland by Simone Drexel.
3: Mikado, Mikado. So heißt das alte Spiel. Mikado, Mikado.
0: Um, first and foremost, the painting that she drew is perhaps the most terrifying of the night. <laughs> it was, like, all in black, and, um, it, it sort of looked like the girl from The Ring with bangs. <laughs> it was not cute. I don't know. That's
1: funny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Which, one? Oh, wow. Which one was the one where the painting started off with a hair, and then it had, like, a little profile of the person? Oh that was Luxembourg I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that was good. Interesting uh, oh my god, self portrait. I almost called it an autobiography. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. This I don't okay. I will just put this out there and then see how you feel about it. This song was weird. Like twenty thirteen Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I if I didn't like it, but I also don't know if I did. I I think I
0: understand that because well here's here's my take. I think that this is missing something and that this could be really good and there's a song later that does similar things that I think does better. Hmm. And this one, I don't know, something's missing for it. I don't think there's a lot of as is kind of a theme, there'sn't a lot of cohesion between the verses and the chorus, and the chorus is much stronger. But I think that the chorus could be a little bit stronger. The chorus I feel like
2: The chorus missing is missing something. But then it kind of flopped being fun. Like, it had a a dramatic reveal and then it didn't do anything with that energy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The chorus on this one I thought was really cool because it felt like something that we would then see more of in coming years. Like, the chorus in this one kind of gave me Genghis Khan or Boney M sort of vibes. (laughs) Yeah. And that it very like it felt like the chorus from a cool character piece disco song.
3: Huh. Yeah.
0: There's a there's there's a song um I think from nineteen eighty called Teate by Katja Epstein for um Germany, which it's like this but better. Like more elevated okay. for sure. Very similar chorus.
1: Yeah, so I thought that I thought the chorus was really cool and the voc- and the and the, the verses just were so flat. <laughs> Mm, yeah. What else did I have to say about this one? I think I've said it all.
0: Yeah. You guys have any, anything else to say or oh, I think I like her dress.
1: Her dress is cool. It's yeah. got some cool pattern stuff. But
0: Ooh, yeah. I'm looking at um a marimba player right now. I forgot that they had that.
1: Yeah, so this one cool. opened on a marimba player, which it's the, okay. there's a lot of marimba this year. It's really <laughs> funny. Like I feel like there's something about this year that just everyone is on the marimba train. It's it's really odd. I don't know why. But yeah, no, I thought I don't this one. Either. The the chorus was great. The verses were not interesting and dragged the song down, and therefore the song was not that interesting. That said, so I like. I honestly don't know how this one's going to do because it's another one that well, this doesn't suck, and there's so many of them that some of them are going to have to do lower than others. So I think this will be. A little bit below middle, but it could be better if it wanted to. I don't
3: know
2: why I was left so confused by this one. It just didn't, like, stick with me at all, I guess. Yeah. And mm. I i mean, I'm just one person, but maybe that kind of... Uh, maybe a similar experience will happen to the judges. So, I, I think I'm going to rank this in, I don't know, like, 10th spot, maybe? Okay, so,
0: number eight, uh, Don Lubezon. Oops, nope. What is it? Don Lubezny, which means a day of love by the band Ashes and Blood from Yugoslavia.
1: Questionable slide guitars. Yeah, Why? this was what? Why? What is questionable? This is a good guitar. word
0: for this
2: song.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really is.
2: The backup singers with their outfits reminded me of um, Lou's performance in two thousand three. Captain Planet, you know, all different <laughs> colors. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, again, some choices were made in this one, and I don't know how well they stand, especially with the instrumentation. It was fun, it was a little bit more upbeat, it was, I guess, quirky, you could say. I don't know what that means. Uh...
0: I thought that this this made the very unfortunate mistake of being a kind of country-adjacent ballad, But then fully just, like, this was a pretty weak one, in my opinion. And then, like, later, it just gets fully blown out of the water by a kind of similar song.
2: Oh, yes, yes, yes. I know exactly what you're
0: saying. Yes, 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 yes.
2: Completely destroyed.
0: Absolutely. I think that um, the fact that we're talking, we talked about the outfits before anything is a clear indication of the quality of the song. Not great. I think everyone's looking fab, though. I gotta say.
2: Everyone's looking good. I like the sound of Slovenian, the language, like... Oh, yeah. The way that they sang was very... I I liked it. That was cool. Oh, yeah. And speaking
0: of that, small fun fact, Fjord, um, this was the fourth and final time that a song in the Slovene language was performed on behalf of Yugoslavia. Huh. Cool. And we would not hear it again until 1993, with the debut of Slovenia as an independent country. And also... um. What are they called? Ashes and Blood? Yeah, Ashes and Blood performed uh, this song in English for all of their rehearsals. Huh. Oh. I think this would have done better in English.
2: Did they pull a fast one on the broadcasters by singing it in Slovene? I don't know. Maybe? I, I'm i I'm, I'm. not
0: positive, but perhaps.
1: It's such a dramatic band name for such an undramatic song.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, It's. it's strange that they're called that.
1: <laughs> yeah. This one, like... It had snoozy verse syndrome again, but the chorus wasn't good enough to make up for it in the same way mm. that like, in the oh, same God. way that Switzerland or Norway was. Cause, like, those, they were flat, and then they kind of got better with the chorus, and then it was like, oh, this is interesting. And then this one was flat, and then the chorus kicked in, and then it was like, oh, well, this is more, I guess. <laughs> and so, like, I this one was just really weak to me. Yeah.
0: Do you think that the judges will be able to see through this?
1: Yeah, I don't think this is going to do very well.
2: Yeah, I'm with Ellis. I'm thinking around the 15 spot.
1: Yeah, this is, I think this is going to be one of our bottom feeders. Yep. All right. So with that, we are now
0: pretty much halfway through uh, with song number nine, which was Let Me Be The One by The Shadows from The United Kingdom.
3: Loving
2: you tonight. You and I this was the Beatles in almost every way, but worse Yeah, I, yeah, they. I agree. It was very kind of like
0: what the Beatles were doing in the '70s. I feel.
2: Yeah, there. Okay, some things that I liked about this song. It was like a. I, I wrote it down one two bop. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it was <laughs> exactly as I'm describing it. I thought like. It it was fun, bounceable, danceable. They had these, uh, I guess you could call them, fights with a with their guitar necks, like they were playing the guitar and then turning to each other and almost tapping the guitars together. Oh, I like that. I, I hate
1: that. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's so corny.
2: I said it looked like a, like they were fighting with pool floaties. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was some pretty significant male falsetto in this one. That. It was cool. good too. I think that this song could never do successfully commercially. But in Eurovision, it's probably gonna do great.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that you say that because
1: Oh, did this um, do successfully commercially?
0: Not necessarily this song, but um The Shadows were one of the biggest, like a pretty big band in the late fifties and early sixties in the UK. And to huh. this day they are the fifth most successful act in the UK singles chart. Just behind Whoa. Elvis. Just behind Elvis, the Beatles, Cliff Richard and Madonna.
3: Whoa.
2: Okay. Surprised. Yeah. That's interesting. Good for them, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Weird. That is okay. Weird. Maybe they were famous in the 50s and 60s, right? Yeah. So I feel like their their fame might give them a bump as well.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one I this was really weird to me because it felt like it had a lot of good component parts that didn't come together into a good whole song. Like there were so many bits of this that I could pick out and be like, Oh, this is cool. But when you put them all together, it doesn't, it didn't feel particularly cohesive with itself. And it was like, I, I don't, I don't get this. I don't, I don't get how you could have all these like individual chunks that are like, this sounds like part of a good song And then you put them all together but they're all part of good different different good songs and it just ends up sounding confused
0: i i agree but i i think you could say that about most of the songs this year that there's kind of a lack of cohesion in general i like this but i recognize that it's not like this is one of the ones that i thought that i was going to like that you guys don't and i think i like it more than you guys do um i thought that um it was pretty fun and i think that. It had a kind of a genuine rock sound even if there are aspects of the performance that weren't very rock and roll but yeah no, it was it was a fun song um you can tell that they're like they have good chemistry i think you can tell that they weren't just like a fabricated band that was put together for the contest yeah and i thought that the the like the the dueling guitars and like the weird like squatting thing was like totally ridiculous and laughable but ultimately very fun I feel like I'm saying fun a lot which is not a very good way of articulating myself but that was what the performance was it was fun y'all um that's all I have to say um did, did you notice that he um, messed up the lyrics oh no I did not I saw him yeah, say be-
1: something to his guitarist at first but I thought it was just banter I wasn't really I didn't catch what he said
0: yeah he um he messed up one of the words I guess and then he like said I knew it to his guitarist
1: yeah <laughs> Never be the one who your along... yeah i I saw that, and I just didn't I didn't put it together that that was a um a lyric mess up,
0: yeah, I just saw it on the Wikipedia page,
1: <laughs> that's fine
0: um, so yeah, Millen, up top predicted this as an undeserving second place. Do you feel the same way, Alice
1: um no, but it wouldn't surprise me. Like this song feels like it will do well. It's a perfectly decent song. It's better than so, better than songs that are also on the show and it's also the UK which tends to do better than it deserves. So like I don't necessarily think that this is going to get second. Like I think maybe f- like 3 through 5 would be the sweet spot for this. But I wouldn't be surprised if this does exceedingly well.
2: I was gonna say,
0: does your opinion still
2: sandmelon? Yeah. I think this song deserves like maybe a four through seven kind of range. But given that it's a UK the UK, given that it's definitely appealing to popular culture with the Beatles, and the band themselves is themselves? I don't know, the, And the band itself, there we go. Is also pretty popular and well known. And I know it's not a televote, but that that kind of like, I guess, musical clout still carries. And the fact that, like, it just wasn't bad. It was a pretty good song. I think. I think it was an okay song. I think this is definitely top three. I I think it would be funny if it were another UK top two. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean. I, I don't necessarily know if this could be considered as trying to piggyback the Beatles because they were already like they were they were already done at this point. So
0: I feel like it was a lot like what the Beatles as individuals were doing. Like it's kind of reminded me a lot of like Wings and yeah. like Ringo Starr solo career kind of.
1: Oh, God. Ringo Starr solo career.
0: Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Are we is it time to move on?
1: It is indeed time to move on, time to move on to the end of part one of our two-part Rewind on the Eurovision Song Contest of 1975. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with the second part, including Malta, Belgium, and more. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Instagram at Eurovision underscore Rewind. You can also give us a follow on Twitter at vocabgumbo. You can also check out our website at vocabgumbo.com. There you can find a full archive of this show and the other show, open brackets S, close brackets, more to come, um, under the Vocab Gumbo umbrella. As well, there is a link to our Patreon where you can subscribe for a couple bucks a month, and kick us some money to help cover the costs of the show. So thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with part two. For Jonathan and
3: Vermillon, and for everyone here at Gobo I'm Ellis. Thanks for listening.